Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning. Do I not have a camera? Am I being heard? Is yes, you are. Techn- technical difficulty. Hold on. Is it the Croco difficulty? Yes. There we go. As always. Right. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting this week's episode number 462 of KMA Talk Radio. As we are scattered all over, I am in the mighty Midwest town of Chicago, Illinois, uh, stocked up here, getting ready to broadcast. And Paul, I'm going to believe, is somewhere in Disney. I am, yeah. I, I was hoping you could see the background because I have the Epcot uh, Spaceship Earth in my window and then the Tower of Terror on the other side. It's amazing. Mm, interesting. And uh, broadcasting straight from the goat cave is our man, Alex Tavella. Good morning, gentlemen. Interesting background you got going on today. Interesting Ooh. background. We got we got a little something going on. I, I assume we'll talk about it in a little bit with our guest. Dave, Dave, Dave I'm, 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 I'm always on, Dave, even when I'm on vacation. Got to do what you got to do. So, Paul, what, what are you at Disney again? I mean, seriously, dude, it's just... Well, I haven't been to Disney in uh, two or three months now. This is uh, a celebration of sorts, so we... Oh, and we what are we celebrating? <clears throat> we always go every year for my birthday. My birthday was Thursday, so right. we decided to come, because we don't come during the summer, because uh, we're not happy tourists. Birthday. How old are you, Paul? I just turned 39. So as a 40-year-old man, Disney's still your thing for your birthday. <laughs> I'm not 40 yet. I'm 39. Yeah, 40. Wow, that's some that's some angry words there from some of our uh, KMA crew out Kev, there this morning. I'm with you, Kev. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's usually packed this weekend, and we were prepared for that. So we wanted to stay in a resort where we could at least walk to one of the parks. But it's not that bad. We were at Hollywood Studios yesterday. It was just kind of normal. It wasn't too packed, so it was nice. It's it's super hot this week, man. It was oh, Abe said one minute. Uh, it really, you know what though? It wasn't that bad yesterday. There was a nice breeze going on here, it, and it was overcast most of the day. It drizzled for a few minutes, so it's supposed to be like that today. It's humid though, man. The humidity just shot out of nowhere. We had these really hot days for a couple weeks in South Florida. But it right. wasn't super humid. Yeah, yet. yesterday was decent. Yesterday was decent. But now it's it's now it started like last night. I noticed I went outside and it was humid as all hell. It was probably only seventy five degrees here, but it was so humid that it felt like it was ninety. You stood me up on Wednesday. I stood you up on Wednesday. Yeah, you stood me up on Wednesday. We were supposed to do something on Wednesday. Abe, did he or did he not stand me up on Wednesday? 
I don't know. What was Wednesday? Burger yeah, Battle. Was it? Uh, well, Burger Battle was on Wednesday. Paul was supposed to come. Oh, yeah, what happened? You were coming. No, we had a uh, – Stephanie was not able to stay home with the kids, so I had to fill in. I'm sorry I did not text. I apologize. You're so unprofessional, Paul. I was actually I great. Wait, I was supposed to work? I thought fun. I was going as a guest. We were it going, looked fun. You were going to co-host, actually. That was what our request was. Can you cover the event? Nobody asked me that. Mm. Nobody asked me to co-host. It wasn't are a you, work thing. You just said, are, are you, you showing up? Paul, we never really care if you're there. We would never, <laughs> ever, ever call you and say, hey, Paul, we got an event. You going to show up, buddy? You going to come in? No, Paul, come on. Be real. It's not. That's not. That's what you guys said. That's uh, We could replay the tape. We I have the tape. I have the recording. I'm going to look. Yeah. But um, with that being said, Burger Battle was actually a great event. I mean, it was a I fun didn't time. see the end of it. Who won? Abe won. Um, really? Yeah, I wow. mean, home field advantage. He should win. He should win. And he, listen, he made a great burger. He, he really did. He made a great burger. Made an excellent burger. Excellent. Yeah, you said it. You said his was better. And uh, I, I listen, I got to give a lot of credit to uh, Kyle who really filled in for you did a great job. Um, my first choice was AJ who just happened to be the guy here. And I don't know, man, AJ, like Abe said, he's just one of those guys, you know, he'll talk, 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 but stick talk. a microphone in his AJ face and he goes radio AJ, silent. He don't know yeah, what to do. AJ won't shut the fuck up, but you put him in yeah. front of the, you know, it's really funny because we've had him on KMA before we try him. Like, you know, AJ, he's really good. He talks to a lot of customers. I mean, He'll be a natural, and then you just put him on the radio. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just gets you know, people get nervous. You know, I try to explain to them, just talk like we're talking in the office, but right, right. But Kyle was an all star, man. I told him, you know, if there's while Abe's away, if there's a uh, you know, a time that he can't get on, you know, we should try and get Kyle to come hang out with us on a Saturday morning. He was really, he was stellar. He was good. I saw. I so I don't know Kyle. Where is he? Just a, a regular at the shop, or does he work at Smoke Inn? I don't know who he is. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry. That's bad. I would almost give it a pass. No. If he, no, 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 no. If if I've never not met him before the Great Smoke, I, I would give him a pass. Great Smoke alone, you can't give him a pass. My birthday, no, you can't give him a pass. You can't yeah. give him a pass. It's only the guy that DJs all of our events, including main stage at the Great Smoke. I've, I've never met him. I apologize. I've never been introduced. Mm. You will be when we introduce him. Say, hey, see this guy? We need you to do this job. Paul's Paul's replacement. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say about the bold burger battle, though. His burger was really good. Very good. I, I really didn't expect it to be that good. I mean, look, let's face it. I put a lot of effort in you know the burger I made. I mean, I like practiced at home. You know, went and got some special ingredients. You know, but this guy's like mass doing this, you know, in multiple places. And you just, you know, you just figure you figured it was going to be an okay burger. It was actually a really, really good burger. It was better than I, it was way, way better than I expected. As a burger. Very good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. It, it actually, you know, it's the contrast between your burgers. It's, this is kind of a Portnoy point, point, but I could have ate like, Probably two of his burgers, easy. Your burger was like one and done between the nice thick pretzel bun, the pea. I mean, one and you're good. You're full. Uh, his burger was a little bit more of a slider fashion. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it was a nice size, but it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was excellent. It was excellent. But your burger had the whole, it had the whole deal going on. That, full bun, meal. that bun I knew was a killer, man. That, that King's Hawaiian pretzel bun. Oh, I didn't even know King's Hawaiian made a pretzel. I love King's Hawaiian. King's Hawaiian makes a hamburger pretzel bun. And I think they make it in slider form too, but let me oh. tell you something. That bun is perfect. It is perfect. Just a little touch of sweetness. You got the salt on the top. You got the pretzel bun. It held pretty good. It was pretty good. Nifty 50s. I I don't know. The last time I had a Nifty 50s burger, I was probably on massive amounts of narcotics. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. <laughs> what is Nifty 50s? Is that a Philly 50s thing? Is, yeah, it's a Philly thing. It's like a it's cool. It's a, it's in it's like a burger joint diner type 50s vibe, milkshakes, burgers, stuff. Um, I haven't had one of those in God, who knows how long. That's one of the places you could go at like three in the morning and after the bar and oh yeah. I think so. I think, so. I think Nifty's oh, those so are always or they used good. to be anyway. But I will tell you this, Camacho really did a nice little setup. So I know I know they're going on tour around the country. So if one of these burger battles are coming, you know, to your area, I would check it out. It really was a lot of fun. I don't know what the setup is because they, they did one before us and it really wasn't a battle. They just made hamburgers and gave them out. We kind of, right. well, you know, they picked the name Bold Burger Battle. So when they came to us and said, well, yeah, we're just going to make, these guys going to make his hamburgers and give them out. Like, well, where's the battle? Right. That's not a battle. That's not a battle. There's no battle in that. Right. So then I, I literally came up with the idea. I said, no, nah, man, I'm going to make a hamburger. He'll make a hamburger and then we'll really battle it out. So I don't know what the format will be in other places, but the guy's burger is definitely worth going. So if, if one of these bold burger battle things comes anywhere near your area, check it out. It really is a lot of fun. And the burger is worth it. I was going to say a lot of fun and the burgers are good. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And they gave away some epic stuff. They gave away that grill that was a tank. And then I um, can't remember who was it. It was Dave, Dave uh, Vaughn. Uh, one, yes. One-year meat subscription to Climax Wagyu Farms. Oh, um, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the meat subscription I heard is like twenty four hundred dollars for a year. So, which, like I said, with inflation, by the end of the year, it'll be a three thousand dollars value. Right. Yeah. So, that being said, uh, we have our summer with Saka promotion going on. Oh, I actually got some stuff here too. Oh my god, oh. that picture that you guys posted yesterday with him as as Paulie Walnuts and you and AJ sitting at, under the umbrella. Oh my god, that that was hilarious. So I, somebody, I, I honestly thought it was real. I was like, how the hell did they get him to pose like that? Then I was thinking, Sokka's looking pretty svelte these days. Good for him. That's Rivers, that's, Rivers then, has the touch. Yeah, he does. Touch. He is good at that. That makes me nervous. Just He's got to, even just a little – the little intricacies blow me away. Like if you notice, if you look at the picture, there's – he even has – there's just a little – a portion of the ashtray is sitting in the shade, and then the little uh -huh. bottom is not, and he – made the color right he so that ashtray it. you know that ashtray wasn't on the table i don't have one we don't have them he put that there wow that's how good the guy is along with Saka. yeah but it yeah summer with Saka is coinciding of course with our memorial day sale as well so use so, mem 20 and get yourself some five packs and save some money at the same time yeah there's an event page just go to the event page it has all the five packs and I don't know. I think the prizes are up now to 50, 60 prizes. We're just yeah. giving away a whole bunch of stuff, including these stone ashtrays that he wants, a mega sock squatch, a mini sock squatch, cups, mugs, beanies. And then uh, we threw in some of these, which are pretty cool. Oh, you brought one. Oh, yeah. Is that a rally towel? 
Rally towels. Towel. That's cool. We have some Sin Compromiso rally towels. And we have some six squatch. Oh, nice. Soccer squatch. squatch. Rally towels. So, yeah, we're going to rally. Um, might as well give him a teaser. Slash Abe's desert sweat towels. Literally. That's pretty cool. Oh, it blurred out. There it oh, goes. There we go. The Great Smoke 2023. That is for those people that don't believe us when we say we start working on the next year immediately. Here's the here's the picture we were talking about. <laughs> I see it in the ashtray now too. Yeah, I mean we that I, we don't I don't have the ashtray that he put that in there and literally just a little intricacies. And he nailed Sako and Polly Walnuts. Yeah, that's great, man. That's yeah. cool. So, yeah, a dozen towels have been thrown in the mix, and Alex is going to be posting some more updates. So, basically, one five-pack between now and the end of June gets you an entry. More, The more entries you have, the more chances you can win stuff. You can win multiple stuff. So, <laughs> Dave needs everything. What was that? Dave, I need that towel. Oh, he yeah. needs everything. He does need everything. <laughs> He's yeah, a hoarder. Bald guys really do need a, a towel, though. That's true. Right. That is true. What That's else is going on? Anything else going on today? Yeah. So, so yeah, I just want to touch on my my poll that I did, which I oh, I, yes. I found the results kind of odd. So this actually stemmed from Eric Guttermson posted a photo of a hot dog, and it's funny how it turned out um, because I think the what he was trying to get at, I, the caption was like, this is technically a sandwich. And I think he wanted to get into the bait that a hot dog was a sandwich. But unfortunately, what everybody else kind of noticed and roasted him for was that there was ketchup on the hot dog. It was ketchup um, and mustard, right? It was both. No, it was just ketchup. It was just ketchup. Now I got to check. I believe. Um, so, yeah, I was just curious and I wondered, you know, what, what, you know, some of the things that we, the sacrilegious things we do to food, what would, top the list and i was kind of surprised by by the answers by the poll i mean you do you just just to before we get to it is ketchup on a hot dog sacrilege yeah i mean after the age of like 12 yeah absolutely yeah once you become a like a, i'm gonna say once you hit your teen years you don't yeah so quick story when i was like 12 or 13 we were at one of my brother's uh football games maybe a little bit younger with my grandfather and my grandfather said i'll get you a hot dog and we went to the hot dog stand. He ordered his. He said, all right. And the boy wants something. I said, I want a, uh, a hot dog with ketchup, please. My grandfather gave me the dirtiest look ever, handed it to me. And when we walked away, he grabbed me by the shoulder and he goes, if you put ketchup on a hot dog, I will never buy you a hot dog in, in public again. And I was like, what the hell? You? I love ketchup on a hot I still do. I put ketchup I on a hot dog. Guy. Obviously, his wisdom had no bearing on you. <laughs> no, I listen. I, I, just, I knew I wasn't getting a free hot dog. Wasted, wasted wisdom. <laughs> he was giving you life lessons. He took a moment out of your time to give you a really good life lesson. He, he chose. He gave a lot of life lessons. He didn't he catch gave it. a lot of life. He didn't catch it. And he just chose to ignore it. All so right, poll. so let's look at your poll. Right. So I, I came up what I think were the top three most sacrilegious things. All right. I don't know. I don't think one of them is really sacrilegious. I think one of them is just poor taste. All right. So pineapple on pizza, mayonnaise on a cheesesteak. And ketchup on a hot dog. Yeah, I, I I didn't think 
pineapple on a pizza was was such a big deal. Oh God, um, many people hate it. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't like love it. it, but I'm not against it. I didn't think it to be, you know. Pineapple that. and pepperoni on a pizza is delicious. But there's places in New York that that won't put pineapple on your pizza. They refuse. The, so some of the old school, especially Sicilian guys, get very upset by pineapple on pizza. But I like it. Oh, look at this. Yeah, like they have the whole they Hawaiian. Start, they start marking the Kleenex so you know when you get toward the end of the box. i never seen that before. Is that like three or four before, or is that? I don't know, but it, yeah, the box is almost empty. I'm like, what the? I'm thinking somebody just snotted on my Kleenex. Yeah, it's a different color usually. No, it's so, called a blue streak. It's just a blue streak. Oh yeah, usually I, they used to always do like a like a peach color for the last couple. No, hmm. now it's like some blue streak they put on there. So how do we uh, implement that at the shop with the paper towels in the bathroom? Like that would even make a difference. No. But but you know the the the, the mayo on the Philly cheesesteak. I think it's a, mostly a Philly thing. Like I I couldn't relate to that question at all. Yeah, I didn't know that that was even a thing. It's a sacrilege. Is that a, people do that? Yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm going to tell you the truth. When I heard that they actually use the actual cheese whiz product on a cheesesteak, I like like what? Who uses that on real food? And I didn't even know that was like a real legitimate thing. Yeah, I'm not a whiz guy. I'm not a whiz guy. I, myself. Just, don't, I just don't see how how that's even considered to be put on any kind of a real sandwich. It's like, yeah, because it's not real food. It's just such a gross product. It is. I don't mind it. I more I mind the sloppy mess that it becomes. It's just not worth it. It's not worth the you know. I mean, eating a cheesesteak or any type of sandwich anyway, really, any type of city. More often than not, you're eating standing up, leaning over. A, yeah, pretty much. So cheese whiz just makes it that much more of a mess. I'm not a cheese whiz guy. Pineapple and pizza wasted piece. Yeah, you'll get hit with it. See, these these are the comments. These guys don't understand. These are the comments that get you banned on Facebook, and then you message me and ask what you did. That's funny. <laughs> it's not me. It's Facebook. That's funny. <laughs> oh man. Oh wow. Coop is Coop is kind of pro. You don't put pineapple on a standard tomato and cheese pizza. There are wow. All right, Coop. See, I like. I could put pineapple on. I like pepperoni and pineapple. I don't like the Hawaiian with the ham. Well, well yeah, pepperoni I mean, and pineapple. Oh, pepperoni is just a ham offshoot anyway, or ham's just a pepperoni offshoot, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. It's a spicy ham. Spicy ham. Yeah, that's 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 my thing. And the and you know what? I never had it until I was probably twenty. It was one of my first radio gigs, and a listener brought in a pizza for the guys at the radio station while I was on the air, which normally like now in my older age, I, I realize you know, probably wouldn't eat that. But I ate pizza from a uh, from a listener at the radio station I was at and it was pineapple and and pe and pepperoni on a pizza. So but what, what a random thing. Just curious because I, I don't I don't know. Miracle Whip's kind of gross to me. Miracle Whip, Miracle Whip is the white equivalent of Cheese Whiz. Yeah, yeah, there's a time for Miracle Whip, but I don't love is it. There, it's that tangy, what, tangy what time, taste. What time, time, yeah, what's the time for Miracle Whip? I think there's recipes that my that my grandmother had for like macaroni salad where they would use Miracle Whip instead of regular mayo. This is not the same grandmother that was married to the grandfather that threatened you about the ketchup on the hot dog. I Actually, mean, it was. 
No, actually, it was. About that. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't believe she's yeah. using Miracle Whip for anything. She don't even know what Miracle Whip is. They don't. I don't think they ever used it other than for like one or two types of those salads, like a barbecue type salad. Uh, but I, I do remember her having Miracle Whip, and I've, I, I, I just don't like it. The Kevin Sheehan's a Miracle Whip guy. Yeah, probably. If I had my bet, he said the big debate in his house. I'm gonna guess Jess is the hundred percent. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. straight out of the jar. I think I think Kevin Sheehan best personifies Miracle Whip. Yeah, I guess that's actually that's a really good analogy. If he wanted to personify Miracle Whip as a person, it would be Kevin Sheehan. Miracle Whip is the poor man's mayo. It almost takes a, it tastes like somebody put ranch dressing in 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 mayo. That's what it tastes like to me. It's got that weird tangy taste. Ranch I don't know, you don't need the flavor. Ranch is another gross product. Yeah, I don't like ranch either. I mean, ranch is literally for vegetables, for cold raw vegetables, and that's I better have blue cheese. Yeah, me too. I'm a blue cheese guy, Kevin. Kevin asked that question. Yeah, uh, we could do a whole episode on weird foods. We really could. Wow, condiments are a big thing, man. They, people get riled up. It's almost like politics. You you mentioned something, people. You, the comments start flying in, man. Well, the Burger Battle guy had a guava sriracha ketchup. Ooh. Guys, his, his, his creation? That yes. was on his burger. I got, I got to admit, man, it was an interesting condiment. Guava sriracha ketchup. It was interesting. We didn't, we didn't snag a bottle, did we? No, should have. Oh, no, he gave me one. I got one. I got one. Um, no, dude, we just said we don't like ranch. Jeff, pay attention. I don't, <laughs> I don't consider any any restaurant that makes wings legit if they're offering ranch. Oh, really? Yeah, it shouldn't even what be about thirsty Ooh, thirsty turtle. You can get ranch instead of blue cheese. Wings That's just a pop off for people like you, Paul. That's all that is. No, I like both. There, I don't like all blue cheese uh, dressings, but I, I usually we usually get both at Thirsty Turtle. And we're all in agreement locally that Brews Room, whatever it is that they do, has the best blue cheese. The triple threat. The triple threat. But they're blue cheese. There's something about their blue cheese that's just, it's not. Yeah, they got real blue cheese all in it. Yeah, that's it's, yeah it's just. It's, it's not a creamy, just like a creamy liquid version. It's like huge right. amounts of blue cheese all through it. Which is, where, which is why they charge you like four bucks for an extra side of it. Where are you going to the Thirsty Turtle? Is there Jupiter. one else? Jupiter. We go up to Jupiter a lot. For what? Well, we have family up there. We like there's a there's that park there. Is you think of what it's called? In Juno Beach. Yeah, that's the one we go to. Oh wow! So we were at the beach last week, and while we were coming back, I was like, you know what? We're gonna pass Thirsty Turtle. So why don't we the place in order? So it's not in Disney. He's at the beach. I mean, it's just what a what no. A, I we go to the beach like twice a year. Oh, we're real Floridians now. Yeah. I grew up on Long Peter. Island, and I live in, in in South Florida. We don't go to the beach that often, especially yeah, with Peter. kids, kids and dogs. It's a nightmare with the sand. For uh, for just Steph and I, it's no big deal, you know. But with the kids, you you're cleaning up sand for two weeks after they go to the beach. It's kind of a nightmare. I can't keep I think, up with these comments. I think they found Wikipedia. He just found yeah. out. Yeah, I can't keep up with his comments. Anyways, he's just um, copying and pasting. First-time guests on KMA Radios are always fun. We have a very special guest for you today. Let's hit the show and get it going, Paulie. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now 
and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. So joining us today, Laura, wait, I don't know where you are. I was going to say from. Are you home? Are you in Milwaukee? Uh, so I'm in Nashville. I live in Nashville now. Oh, okay. Sorry. So joining no, us that's okay. from Music so- City <laughs> is Laurel Tilly of Macanudo. Welcome to the show, Laurel. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. You know, it's a lovely day to sit out on the deck and smoke a cigar and chat with you guys. So, I mean, I know you caught a little bit of the show. I mean, let's just get your take on it, Laurel. I mean, what's, what's your take? Miracle Whip or mayo? Mayo, 100%. Of course. Ketchup on a hot dog? No. Oh, wow. All right. No I pineapple on pizza either. You know what? Here's another Here's another one we didn't bring up. Curious, right? Does anybody really like Tabasco? Last if option. There's nothing else. Right? Exactly. There's nothing exactly. else. I don't even last think option. I'll use it as a last option. I think Tabasco is like the worst sauce Ever or kind of it's good right? for recipes. It's good for recipes. Where is you with you oh. recipe like you even cook? Seriously, I do cook. Oh. It's good for recipes. It's, you no, no, no. Cook, you use In fairness, he does it. cook. He is the housewife. We've had tried to have meetings with he Paul changing diapers and he cooking at the same the time. So I fairness. cook. I cook like two days a week. I cook what, like two wait, days a week. But what recipe is there that contains Tabasco that you just can't sub out? Chili. You know, Chili, you should always add a little bit of Tabasco no. as well right. as other other hot sauce. Right. No, right. a real I'm hot sauce you. is so much better. A chili sauce, a habanero sauce, like a, chil- a little Cholula. You need that aged. You need that aged taste of McElhenney's Tabasco sauce, man. Paul's just weird. They're aged. Know. Do you know that? That's that's actually they they age it in barrel. I don't know if it's barrels, but they How do they you age know it. this. It's fermented. I you know I you I have a lot of to say last resort too. It is a last resort. I don't. I would much rather. You know what hot sauce I'm into now, and you're gonna make fun of me for this. I should keep my mouth shut. There's this stuff called truff, that is hot sauce. It's like a sweeter chili hot sauce. It's pretty hot, but it also has truffle oil in it, and it's to die for on on French fries. It's actually uh, not. You know, there, there were guys at the Great Smoke. Uh, I can't remember the company name. I forget. But they had like a whole bunch of hot sauce. The they hot- gave you. A- there was a truffle one. There was a truffle barbecue sauce, actually. They had some truffle ones. It was actually they were really good stuff. Oh, I so have a, it's like a pineapple something. Pineapple yeah. teriyaki or something. I have a bottle of their hot sauce at home I use. It's pretty good. Yeah, they make good hot sauce. Yeah, they make good hot sauces. We did, They gave us a bunch of samples. We did them all up. So, yeah, so we had a few condiment mornings. Sorry, Laurel. We, That's we, okay. <laughs> I can talk about food all day. Oh, you too. Yes, I love food. Are, are, is barbecue one of your favorites? Being now that you're in uh, Nashville. Yeah, you know Nashville is a little bit more of a hot chicken scene, uh, but the barbecue is good. My husband is really into barbecue and smoking meats, and so I don't really do too much of it on the cooking side, but I enjoy eating it. You know, we never brought this up, babe, but I'm just curious. You know that place in Texas, best burnt ends like ever in history. Yeah. Yes. I don't even remember the name of it. It started with an H. Heim, Heim, Heim. Heims, Heims. Yeah, it was something. It was very, very well known. What's that in Fort Worth? The, the yes. wait when we when we showed up, the wait was like uh, I don't know, it had to be almost close to two hours. And then I yeah. I concocted a sign that said you could sit at the bar and they'll serve you at the bar. And I couldn't believe it. We just like let's go. We just sat at the bar and everybody was like waiting in line and ordered food. Were they worth it? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. 
okay, burnt yeah. ends were we could have just had a whole hours worth of sitting and eating burnt their burnt ends. It was okay. they, they were literally just like explosions in your yes. mouth. Uh, I don't mind waiting in a place like that for food if it's worth it. There's nothing more disappointing than waiting two hours and you're like, okay, this food is subpar. Yeah, and it's a bus. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in so many And I've been disappointed way more. Right. I've yeah. been disappointed way more than I've been impressed when I've waited long like that. So yes. I, I try not to wait. I, I haven't because typically I have a rule of thumb. I will not wait in line. I'm kind of that way yeah. too. Yeah, so I don't usually wait in line unless I can find a way to get around the line. And 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 that's true because as you know, as you were figuring out the bar thing, we were also plotting a plan B. Oh yeah, the bar yeah. thing didn't work out. Yeah, we couldn't get in. We we're just figuring out all right, what's our plan B option because the line was really ridiculously long. And by the time we got to the table, it got worse. But um, I like to do good research, so I'd already done a little research on it. We didn't just roll up on this place. I, I sure. right. Looked into it and it was a very well known place, a lot of good reviews, kind of historic in the area. It was good, good stuff. Okay. So, Laurel. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> tell us, tell us a little bit about you and you know how you got into your position here in the cigar industry as a Macanudo ambassador. All right. So I started on the retail side. I worked at a retail cigar shop in Milwaukee for about six years and uh, took a job with General as an event manager. And after a few months, they'd approached me about being an ambassador for, you know, one of our brands and had asked what brands I would be interested in. And ultimately we settled on, you know, not settled on Macanudo, but, you know, decided that Macanudo was going to be the best course for, you know, what we wanted to do with it and, you know, having me assigned to it. So it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, I'm nearing my six year anniversary with General in October oh, wow. and, I, and I've been with Macanudo specifically for, it'll be five years in August. So kind of just got into it and then took me away and I haven't been able to get out since. <laughs> How did you get into cigars? I was just a cigar smoker. You know, it's just, it's a hobby. Um, my, I had some friends who introduced me to cigars, albeit shitty ones on my 18th birthday. And what? I remember liking the experience, but not liking the cigar. And then I had moved up to Milwaukee for college and found a cigar shop subsequently that I ended up working at. And uh, they really took the time to walk me through and figure out what I was looking for out of, uh, you know, the, the flavor profile and, you know, what I was hoping to obviously get out of the smoking experience. And without them, I probably wouldn't be where I am today because they really, you know, worked with me for weeks. Like, oh, I don't like this. I do like that. And I just, I fell in love with the culture, the people. You know, I hung out there all the time, and then I was in need of a job, so I campaigned for a job there, and I guess the, the rest is history. I've been in the cigar industry now for almost 12 years. Wow. Yeah. But how crazy is it that you were working for General uh, for, what? I think I read somewhere like four months, and they said, what brand would you represent if we were to have you represent one of our brands? Like that, is that yeah. unheard of, that it was that quickly? So it was a new program. I mean, if you're saying I'm wonderful, I'm going to accept that. <laughs> but it was it was a new program for us. So Regis really wanted to have an events program and an ambassador program to bring a little bit more of a personal connection to these brands. You know, uh -huh. just the nature of who we are as a company. You know, we don't have, you know, a Nick Perdomo or a Rocky Patel or a Jonathan Drew or whoever it may be. Right. Um, just because we've acquired these brands over the years. So he really wanted 
the opportunity to have people to be able to go to events and sort of be like that representative and do, you know, a training and education and, you know, spread the good, the good word of the brand. So I think I was just, you know, I was there at a good time where um, they were looking to sort of expand that program. So Rick Rodriguez was already, you know, spearheading CAO and mm -hmm. he was pretty instrumental in recommending me early on, which is amazing. So, you know, I, I credit Rick a lot with that as well. And then we brought on Sean Williams and, you know, then it was the three of us for a long time and, you know, Justin with diesel. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been, can I, fast. can I ask you, <laughs> has anybody ever asked you what the other three brands were or other couple of brands were that you mentioned from general or you do you not want to share? Um, so my other my other main one was Hoyo, uh, and Hoyo has a bit of a personal connection for me because when I first started smoking, um, you know, and I was kind of finding my way around the shop that I worked at, I wasn't familiar right. with a lot of general products, and we were a pretty boutique shop. And on my 21st birthday, um, the owner gave me a Hoyo de Monterey, and he was like, "I think you're really gonna like this. You know, smoke it for your 21st birthday." And it was a surprising recommendation for him because he was not necessarily a big champion of general cigars right and right I, and i smoked it and i was like damn this is really really good and it sort of opened up this whole new realm of cigars for me that i hadn't necessarily looked at before just because the shop that i was you know affiliated with wasn't necessarily you know selling those consistently it just it wasn't necessarily what they were you know big on and so I started looking into more of the Hoyo products and Macanudo and CAO and kind of getting into the whole general portfolio. So for me, that was the cigar that really like put general on the map for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's just, it's one of those cigars that you can smoke every day, all day and never be disappointed with it. So Hoyo was also one of the brands that I was interested in. So that's, it's funny because, we run up against this all the time because you're talking about like the Uber boutique type guys, right? Like mm -hmm. they don't, they don't want to smoke a cigar unless it's, it's like one guy and he sits next to the roller and they, you know, like that, that type of thing. Yeah. But general, is that something you come up against a lot being an ambassador for general that you, you kind of have to, you guys are so big, but, but also you make fantastic cigars. Like, is that something you come up against with, with seasoned smokers sometimes that, you know, you have to kind of explain to them and show them the product and let them smoke the product to really like be like, all right, yeah, that's a bigger company, but look at the quality of this product. Yeah, sometimes. And I feel like with the addition of the Macanudo Inspirado series, at least with my job in particular, I don't feel like I'm getting that pushback as much because I think okay. people have smoked the Inspirado or they have some familiarity with it and they understand that it is a little bit different than what people were used to but you know you get some of those uber boutique guys who are like well you know i like this boutique company because they do this right. process or that or whatever and you know what? i respect that because there are so many different palettes out there and there's so many amazing companies i mean we're in the golden age of cigars right now right you know there's just so much good product out there but i would say for the most part people are receptive to trying something different i think as long as you can understand what they're smoking and why they like that boutique blend and then right, be able right. to sort of translate to them. Okay. Well, why you're going to like this, you know, cause it falls in line with that flavor profile you're hoping for, or those processes or whatever it may be. So there is some, to make a really short answer, super long, there is some short, there is some pushback, but people are receptive to trying something new. 
Right. Yeah, you bring up you bring up a good point. I'm sure the Inspirato line has helped a lot because oh, for sure. I mean, literally most people probably the Macanudo Portofino was literally your grandfather's cigar. Yes, like literally. Yes. The knee-jerk reaction is, oh, it's mild. And I mean, our core line, yes, it still is very mellow. And, you know, there are some people out there that it's just not their profile. You know, even for me, I tend to be more of a medium, medium plus smoker. So I don't do a lot of the cafe. But, you know, with the addition of that Inspirato line, people are just, the perception has changed towards the brand. So were you brought on, you were brought on at the beginning of Inspirato, correct? Yes. So we released Inspirato in the States in 2016. And I started in August of 17. So, okay. right, yeah. So, oh, right after it had um, released gotcha. here. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, that, that was my, were you, and were you specifically going to just represent Inspirato and it turned into more of the, the Macanudo line, or was that? Or, or was it going to be just, you know, all of the Macanudo lines? So it's, it's a really funny question. And I don't think anyone has ever asked that before because I really did start just specifically as Inspirato. And okay. early on, it became tricky because shops, you know, if I was doing an event, they would offer the core line and I still knew the core line product. And mm -hmm. then it was sort of this distinction between Inspirato and Macanudo. And then somewhere over the years, the lines got blurred. <laughs> And there was right. never an official like, oh, it's going from Inspirato to the full line. But, you know, that's where we are today. So at some point it transitioned and we didn't really realize it. <laughs> so so for all intents and purposes, you're the you're the Macanudo person. Correct. For all for all. Correct. Of the line. Yes. Okay. Did that salary get blurred, too, as the job? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, you know, to be a, a brand ambassador is, is not a small feat, right? Did, did did they give you any kind of specialized training to be more educated or more knowledgeable in talking about the brand or the product or the history product? Or was this something that you just picked up as a passionate, you know, fan of the brand? To be honest, I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, I did some media training with our public relations director, which obviously that did not stick. Um, <laughs> but So we did a little media training early on and I've always been really comfortable doing public speaking and conducting like speeches and trainings and being on camera and stuff. Uh, so that came pretty naturally to me as far as like having to be sort of the, you know, the speaker for the brand. Right. And then, I went down to Honduras. So I went down to the Dominican early on in my career here and did some training at our DR factory. And then when I took on specifically the Macanudo role, I went down to our Honduran factory as well as our Nicaraguan factory and did a few extra weeks down there kind of overseeing every process. So everything from being in the fields and, you know, seeing the crops in, you know, the little seedlings in the greenhouses to the right. sorting, to the packaging. So there was a little bit more hands-on training early on, but you know, there's only so much you can do. It's just, you know, learning as you go on. And sometimes people ask you a question that you don't know the answer to. And I have, you know, people at the factory I can reach out to. So in just the, the six years I've been here, you just, you pick up the little things that you don't know to ask early on, right? You don't know right. what you don't know. Right. A lot of it's, a lot of it's got to be on the job training. Yes. And, and it's okay to say you don't know, cause you'll find out. Yes. And I never want to lie to somebody because 
I don't want them to know the answer and then make me look like an ass, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm never going to sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, it's this, just try to make it easier. Like, in fact, I did a training with our Canadian team this week and somebody asked a question that I didn't know the answer to. It's like, you know what? Let me reach out to Ernest and I will get back to you because I never want to be caught not knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> so now now that the world is kind of getting back to normal, are you traveling more to oh, represent yeah. the brand? Yes, absolutely. I mean, my schedule has been fairly, you know, normal, as normal as it can be for about, I guess, a little over a year now. I mean, I started traveling back in January of last year. So okay. it's, just, it's been busy. You know, it's the summer is always busy. There's a lot of smoker festivals that you kind of have to incorporate into your normal day to day schedule. And, you know, with Rick retiring, there's some, you know, bigger smoker festivals that, you know, Sean and I are doing now for him is, you know, just um, in lieu of CAO, we're doing Cohiba or Macanudo. So it's, you know, it's a weekly travel. You are, know, we grind, but... <laughs> are we still calling that a retirement? Retirement from general. Okay, there you go. I, I was a little <laughs> on that. Yes. I have yes. a completely different definition of retirement. Um, it, especially yeah. in this business. So, so just interestingly enough, what is it you feel or you see that when you go and do these events and you interact, what, what's, what do you see mostly that the consumers are wanting from you as far as information-wise? Or what are they trying to obtain from you as a brand ambassador what do you what's the most common thing that you get thrown at you really just understanding like specifically the newer products like the inspirato line just understanding what those are and you know maybe if they don't have familiarity with them how they relate to something they smoke from another company and we do a food tasting at most of our events so it's like our little our little educational platform every year it's something different so whether it be wrapper binder filler or same tobacco different countries of origin we always try to do the little educational aspect of it so we're just finishing up tobaccos of south america and then moving into connecticut shade from different growing regions so people they like having that opportunity to sort of get into the weeds of the tobacco and ask questions and you know get information on things that they might not necessarily have a resource for so especially when we start doing those fuma tastings people like to ask the sort of obscure questions that maybe you're not able to find on the internet with an easy mm -hmm. google search do you have do you have say and input into you know what these themes are going to be oh for sure yeah so uh the brand manager and i you know, every year kind of figure out what we want to do. Do we want to continue with the FUMAs? You know, how do we want to curate the FUMAs to sort of coincide with any releases we're doing? Like, for example, finishing up these Brazilian tobaccos um, that was with coinciding with the release of our Inspirado Green, which is Brazilian Araparaca is the, okay. uh, is the rapper. So, you know, and this year with doing the Connecticut Shade, uh, we're doing a couple limited releases coming out that, you know, use the Connecticut shades. So we always want to make sure that it kind of works in that. But yes, I do have input in, you know, the what we're doing for the event, you know, kind of the uh, the overall vibe of it and the hard goods and what we want to feature. So, yeah. So it's good. Very cool. I feel it's it's nice to be able to feel like you have a you know a stamp on what you're doing on a day to day basis. Yeah, yeah. You so I, I we've read you know I've read quite a bit about you. I've seen some other interviews with you. Um, 
Milwaukee to Nashville. Yes. So yes. you you were based out of Milwaukee for most of most of your career, correct? Correct. Yes. So why the, why the change? Okay. Uh, well, so my husband and I have been wanting, we've been making noise about wanting to move for a while. I love Wisconsin. I love the people. I love growing up. I love growing up there. The city itself is really cool, but the weather sucks. Quite frankly, yeah. it's winter for six months a year. And yeah. it's just, I didn't want to be one of those people who stayed in the same place forever. And that's totally fine if that's what you want to do. But I've always wanted to get away from where I grew up. You know, oh, so like, that's where you grew up in Wisconsin. Yes, yes. So okay. I've always lived there. I went to college in state and, you know, COVID hit and I can pretty much work anywhere as long as it's near an airport. And my right. husband's my husband's job went full time remote and we had narrowed down a list of places that we had, you know, had interest in moving to. And then it ultimately it was sort of a, a rash decision. One Friday I came home from a work trip and I was like, you know what? let's just do it. Let's just move. Let's pull the bandaid off and go. And if we hate it, we can move back. And so far we wow. love it. So our plan is to kind of move around for a while, you know, every four or five years, go to a new place, check it out. Well, you mentioned you have a husband and I imagine your job is pretty much um, travel oriented. You guys have kids? We do not have kids. Okay. Do you, do you find it takes a toll sometimes on the marriage being on the road a lot? Honestly, or just absence to make the heart grow fonder. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, it works either way. But you, he, <laughs> he used to he used to travel for work for a, a, over a year before I started traveling for work. So the last seven years of our relationship, one of us has been on the road all the time. And then COVID happened and we were home all the time together. And I loved it because it's like, oh, man, it's nice to actually spend time with you, you know, for more than two days in a row. Right. And, I don't think it's good or bad. I mean, I think there's there's definitely good in that when you come home, you're excited to see each other and you have shit to talk about. And it's like new and fresh every time that you get home on what Friday or Saturday or whatever it may be. You know, but there are some days, you know, Tuesday morning rolls around. You know, I felt like our weekend was busy or whatever and we didn't get to spend enough time together. I, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I have to leave for the week. But in general, I think as long as you have a strong relationship and, you know, you, I never let the job come before him. I always say like, look, if it gets to the point where we just, this isn't working for us anymore, you know, I want our livelihood to be the priority. And I think going into it with that mentality is always healthy as well. You know, prioritizing our relationship over anything else. But he also understands that I love this job, so he's not ever going to say anything. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like the ideal marriage to me. I should probably start traveling. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, I mean, I've been doing it for six years. Like I said, he traveled for a year prior, so we've been rocking it for seven years. As a brand ambassador, do you? Oh, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if it can be publicly done, but you ever smoke other people's cigars? Oh, absolutely, all the time. So that's and a lot. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I, I, I like putting myself in people's shoes. I was just thinking, if I was a brand ambassador, like I had to be stuck smoking like one brand. I mean, even if it's one line. You, you know, Abe, it's funny because I remember, I remember a situation back in, we were in Delray at the shop playing poker with a certain rep of a certain brand that I'm not going to mention. And I don't know if either Asher was born or you found out it was a boy or whatever but you came out 
I showed you, up late. I, that's that's the and you passed the, out. Uh, you yeah. had I don't know if they were Padron forty five, but Padrones and the rep was like, oh no, like you know, he he almost wouldn't take one. I can't remember. I can't remember what rep was there. I remember exactly who it was. <laughs> okay, but I tell you a funny story about that. It was really funny because you know we had gone back and forth whether we were going to know and not going to know, and um, they ended up. Uh, Finding out it was a boy, but it was in a sealed envelope, and um, my sister-in-law had it. So my wife had gone to spend the day with my sister-in-law, and they had decided they were going to find out in advance and, and to know because my wife really wanted to kind of really get ready. You know, it was a boy to start setting rooms up and stuff. Well, and but, the whole point of you having a fourth child was to try for a boy, correct? That was never the point. Oh, I thought that's why Emily convinced you to have another kid. No, Emily just said you need to have another kids because our kids were great. She's like you make great kids, you <laughs> need to have more. Um, yeah, it was really never the point. Like we're going to do it again to get a boy. That was okay. we never. We never looked at it like that. But um, yeah, because what happens if it's a girl? What then? It's your disappointing child. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go in with that mentality. Yeah, going to grow just, up with a complex. We just kept having girls, but so I was driving on my way to Delray. I remember that day. And so I knew my wife was with her sister-in-law and I knew they had this envelope and I got a call. And the second I got a call, because I wasn't sure if they were going to open or not. It was kind of a debate going back and forth. The second I saw the phone ring, I knew I was having a boy because if that was a girl, they would have glued that envelope back up, act like they never opened it and just waited until the baby was born. <laughs> Literally, oh they would have never called me. So That's um, awesome. I remember that. You guys were all playing poker. I was so happy. I bought a box of drones. I started passing it out to everybody. I remember that day. But I can't remember who the rep is. You'll have to tell me I, later. I, I texted it to you. Oh, okay. But, yeah, that's funny, Laurel. Like, if you're, like, I mean, obviously not at an event. Yeah. But, like, what Abe is saying is is right. Like, you're in your free time. You you know, you, you and your husband walk over. Does your husband smoke cigars, by the way? He does, yes. Okay. So, like, you and your husband walk over to the cigar bar in Nashville. And, you, you know, you want to smoke a cigar. If are you like nervous that somebody would take a picture of you smoking another brand cigar? Is it is it like that? Like, do you pull the bands off immediately? No, no. I mean, and I was a cigar smoker before I started this job, and obviously, right. you know, I love Macanudo and I smoke it a lot. But I have appreciate I have an appreciation for everything else that is out there. In fact, when I'm smoking on my free time, I try to not smoke Macanudo right. because I want to a enjoy other cigars that I know that I like or try something right. different. And, you know, you can even look at it from a, you know, a competitive edge, right? There's something new out there. You know, I want to smoke it and know what else that Macanudo has. Yeah, to you need to know what's in the market. Yeah. Market research. But no, I just, you know, if we're going to go on a Saturday night, in fact, we're meeting a friend for a cigar tonight and I will smoke something completely different. And, you know, you run into the reps on the road, you all switch cigars and right. you enjoy it with them. So the, I don't see any issue at all in smoking somebody else's cigar. Yeah, it, cool. it helps you cross-reference cigars too. Uh, I imagine yeah. you know. Oh, you you Absolutely. like that? You want to try Macanudo? Well, this is kind of in that range. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I smoke both. And everybody, you know, companies want to look at somebody else, somebody else's product, what they're doing well with, and you know, come up with something that maybe can be comparable. And you know, if you're going to try to go to toe to toe, toe to toe with a product that you know I work with, I want to see you know what the competition is as well. Plus, I just enjoy other cigars. Yeah. I, so, I believe cross perspective is necessary. It really absolutely. Is. Yeah. 
I mean, do musical artists only listen to their own music all the time? I mean, right. you know, if you were Elton John, would you only listen to Elton John twenty four seven? Well, Elton John's a bad <laughs> Elton John's a bad example. He probably does just listen to his music. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> oh yeah. But every time I wear cool. these sunglasses, they remind me of Elton John's sunglasses. I was I was gonna say. We had a question from a listener that I thought was interesting, um, and I can't find. Oh, here we go. What other cities were you guys thinking about moving to other than Nashville? We were looking at Charlotte. Um, we were looking great, great town. Yeah, we were looking at like the Tempe area. You know, like Greater Phoenix area. Um, so like Charlotte. Those were the three. So Nashville, Charlotte, and like Phoenix area were kind of the three that we were really, really considering. We wanted something warmer, but I like the seasons change. So that's kind of why Charlotte or Nashville appealed to me above Phoenix because I don't do well with the heat. Like hot, hot, hot all the time. No. Hi, welcome to Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, no, and it, it started getting super humid here all, <laughs> recently. And I was like, oh no, I haven't even gotten into my first summer yet. And I already can't handle this humidity. <laughs> in fact, I went the other I went the other day and got a bit of an undercut just to keep my hair off my neck. Yeah. I, I mean it and it gets it gets hot there too. You have hot summers yeah. in Nashville. It yeah, That's, we do. We just we just get used to it here. I don't know. It's Alex and I have been here. You have you? How long have you been in South Florida, Alex? Almost thirteen years. Okay, so I've been here. I've been here seven. You just kind of get used to. It. But I, I'm from Long Island, so humid uh, humidity is not different to me. I mean, we in yeah. uh, July and August down Long Island are just as bad as as the yeah. humidity here. Yeah, I mean the humidity in Wisconsin was it could be bad too, but. The, I think the biggest thing here is just the storms. You know, people talk about the storms in the south being different, and they really are. And we have this beautiful deck that we sit on and just, like, watch the storms roll through. We'll sit, smoke a cigar, and, you know, it's, like, 2 in the morning and this huge thunderstorm rolling through. But just to feel that crazy weather shift, I've never felt that living in the north. Yeah. Like, you just didn't have yeah. that pattern. You, you'll, get a, you'll get a storm. We just had last week we had a bunch of storms. We had one roll in. There was hail flying from the sky and, and it was like the end of days things are flying around in our backyard yeah. and literally 15 minutes later it's Where is it, in florida yeah at my new house we had hail i'm beginning of last week when i know why paul is in another universe end of last week when we were having our meeting remember i showed you outside what was going on our our trampoline got pulled out from the anchors and went up against the fence and we had hail were you there wow. for this meeting alex I was, but it was rain and wind. No, it was. It got bad, man. It no was crazy. Way. But then it was you gone. You live in Wellington. You live in the outskirts of hell. I'm telling you, the storms are different out there. You come. Well, you know, I'd invite you over, but I'm busy. Yeah, but right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we, we don't own golf carts. We can't come over. No. You can't. The golf cart won't. Well, maybe from your house. I, I Abe thought he saw me riding in my golf cart like. Uh, on like the main street in Wellington or something. And I'm like, that my, my golf cart won't go that far. I'll never listen, be able to get back. Listen, it was a bald headed short guy with two blonde boys. I mean, what's <laughs> I literally shouted out my window and Paul, the guy didn't turn around. Did he say anything? I guess it wasn't Paul. <laughs> I was in Coronado no, Island um, a couple of weeks ago, right off of San Diego. And because it's so condensed and 
you know, a fairly affluent area as well. Everybody gets around on these just massive golf carts. Like people pick their, their kids up from school on like four or six person golf carts. And like, everybody's got their backpacks and their groceries. And like, that's just how people get around. This is crazy. I love this. <laughs> very, very different universe. Well, don't go anywhere, folks. Laurel, we got more coming up hour two with Laurel Tilly from Macanudo. Uh, we're going to have, do we have a tail of the tape this week? Look at that. We got everything in hour two. We got, got tail of the tape. We have Name That Jam, and of course, Would You Rather, all coming up. We'll be back very shortly. Keep it lit. The H Oven, Nicaragua by A.J. Fernandez. The original versus the heritage. What's the difference between the two? The H Oven, Nicaragua, A.J. Fernandez, Heritage. The story of A.J. Fernandez coming from Cuba raised by his grandmother out there, has a lot of love for the country, but also he loves tobacco and he loves his new area where he bought his farm called Finca La Lilia, named after his grandmother, Farm of Lily. So he's got the love of tobacco, he's got the love of Cuba, and he's got the love of, of Nicaragua. Let's put them all together. So that tells the story of this triple fermented Brazilian Matafina wrapper and AJ estate grown Nicaraguan binders and fillers creating a beautiful array of some sweetness, soft leather, a little bit of spice with nice aroma notes of black pepper and earth tones. We hope you go out and enjoy this one that it really tells the story of AJ, his love of Cuba, Nicaragua, and H oven. So please go out and try one. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. H oven, Nicaragua, AJ Fernandez, Heritage. you who doesn't love a, uh, a shower sip of a good glass of wine and our friends over at kmawines.com they have some great wines from bono private wines like this sunal from a winery that's up 8950 feet in the air one of the third largest vineyards in the entire world you know we work so hard you gotta relax you gotta enjoy the finer things in life a great cigar a really, really great wine to pair it with, and that's exactly what I'm doing here. So check out KMAWines.com. You get a discount because we know each other. We're buds. We're pals. You get a discount on shipping. You get a discount on products. KMAWines.com, and tell them that Paul and Abe sent you. Uh, I'm going to be late back to the show while I finish this and finish the shower. So see you at KMAWines.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments the brand has achieved since their inception. Receiving multiple awards such as the number two cigar of the year in 2021 for Cigar Aficionado, 2021's Best Cigar for Cigar Snob Magazine, and three more prestigious awards. The Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, AJ Fernandez, and the Grupe de Maestros. This full-body Nicaraguan Puro pays homage to the original tobaccos that were used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar that was ever produced. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking this gem are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, which pairs perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935.
Welcome back to Hour 2 of KMA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Honest Abe, along with my trusted gang, the Italian scaling himself, live from the Magic Kingdom. No, no, I'm, I'm actually in the Epcot Resort area. Oh, God forbid. Yeah. Isn't that part of the Magic Kingdom? No, sir. No, sir. The Magic Kingdom is, a, is its own theme park. Walt Disney just, World as a whole is the whole property, twice the size I, of Manhattan, the size of San Francisco. Did I just make like a sacrilegious statement? Did I make a, like a taboo statement there? No, it was just incorrect. So I wanted to correct you. Friendly, you to, friendly. I, right, right, Alex? He seemed to take some, he said friendly, but he took like offense, right? He's like, no, 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 sir. No, sir. No, no, no. Allow sir. me to explain. Allow for me you, to explain. For you to uninformed you. and uncivilized the exact, people. The exact hierarchy of this cult, this cult yeah. culture that we have. It's not a cult. Get Total out of cult. here. Total cult. It's not a cult. It's a false reality. That's why I like it. Disney, can, Disney Channel, you'll see what a cult it is. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah, we don't watch this. Oh, you want a false reality or something? I mean, I don't know. It's weird. That's exactly, so have exactly you, what it is. Have you always been a big Disney guy, or just like with the kids, or how did you? No, become, I used to come. With, I used to come alone. To yeah, I used to come alone before kids. I mean, yeah. I've with my know, family for years. Disney people intrigue me. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> you did not trick the assist on Paul. Let me tell you something. The kids are just cover. Ah. The kids are just covered now. Now he has a plausible excuse without looking looking a little less ridiculous than he already is. When I first moved to Florida, I didn't have kids. My sons are Axel's going to be four in July, and Eli just turned two. Actually, Eli is named after Walt Disney. Elias is his name. That was Walt Disney's middle name. Really? But he, but before they were born, I, I when I first moved that. here, one of the ways, one of the 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 ways that my wife convinced me to move to South Florida was that, hey, we'll get season passes. So you can go like, it's two hours away, it's six, seven times a year. I'm like, this is great. So we did I, that before we had kids too. Hey, did you know his son was named after Walt Disney? I, I didn't, didn't know that. that was just, I am happy you're happy, but the idea of getting out? season passes to Disney World terrifies me. Like it just, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anything on the weekend with a bunch of other people that I would want to do less. Look, I had, <laughs> I had to do the one. But I love Disney. I had to do the one Disney trip. I got three girls. So I had to do the one Disney trip. I think we did it about four years ago, five years ago. Actually, seven, maybe six years ago even. We did the whole shtick. We got the bracelets and the thing and whatever. And the girls did the bippity boppity makeovers and yeah. whatever. But I'm so happy that they were all old enough that I don't have to revisit it again. My son, yeah. has, zero, my son has zero, zero, zero interest in Mickey Mouse or Walt Disney. Yeah. Never have to take him there. You know, we could just skip right to Universal Studios as our next trip or, yeah. you know, one of those, you know, more adult, you know, theme parks. I think as right, an adult, know. I've just become like more oh, or less tolerant to huge crowds and like more cynical on the whole like magical experience. I am <laughs> too, but you come with me and I, we show you places that you can go where you avoid that kind of stuff. Listen, Paul, we're Paul, pros at this. Real. It's just a small world after all. <laughs> oh there's God, a great big beautiful tomorrow i went when i was in first grade and my dad took me on this alien ride and my mom was like don't take her on that ride she's gonna be scared alien she's, encounter she's too young for it and what happened within five minutes i was just screaming so they yep. had to stop the ride for me and then my mom took me on uh, it's a small world despite how much she hated it because that is like her biggest earworm and she hates it like viscerally and she, for me, she's like, I will take you on It's a Small World to make you feel better. We'll change, we'll change this. <laughs> that ride is no longer there, just so you know. Took it away. They made really? it like a Stitch-themed and cuter because it was too scary for people. I loved it. It was a great. Wait, it's a Small World? 
That was like the queen. No, no, no. Uh, oh, the alien, alien encounter. Yeah, it, was, alien it, encounter. It, it was creepy. That is weird. I was going to say, there's no way they could take away the small world. It's like the quintessential yeah. Disney ride. No, that's still there. They just they just renovated it a little bit. They, they repaint everything. They don't really change anything other than, you know, painting it pretty colors and maybe adding some fancy lights. I'm oh, curious. No. I haven't been there, but I had to imagine some of those things probably had to be like PC inappropriate at some point. They had to change some figurine. Oh, we can't do that no more. You know, I don't know. That's that's funny you mentioned that because I noticed with Disney Plus now, a lot of the old movies, there's always like a warning. This was made in a time, uh, like it'll say like some some things may be considered offensive to some cultures or or you know whatever. Like there's always yeah. a warning before like Peter Pan and things like that. That's funny. So I don't know well, if they did there. It's Splash Mountain, I thought, got changed. It's not officially changed yet, but it is in the process. Okay, yes. okay. Because of Song whatever, of the South. Yes, it was whatever movie was associated with that ride. I think it was getting a facelift. Song of the South was, uh, was a very controversial mm -hmm. Disney Paul, movie, you should be which, a Disney ambassador. I mean, don't they have a job title? I mean, you really should. You really, really They do. They probably, pay, they probably pay like $4 an hour. <laughs> but you get free admission to the park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you know what? I've I the only other time in my life I ever considered moving to to Florida before this was I you know I I know the casting director here at Disney. I I had been hired for a couple of gigs, but they I couldn't move to Orlando for a part time did they, job. Did they have an opening for Jiminy Cricket? No, <laughs> but I am the right size. All right, Laurel. Um, it's time for Name That Jam presented by Avo Cigars. Now that you're living in Music City, we're going to see if it had any effect on you because we're going to test, right. test your musical acumen right here. So I've got to tell you, if it's country, not happening. <laughs> well, let's see what's going on. It's time to Name That Jam. comment by Kevin Kevin Sheehan during you know when we're talking about Disney that's actually kind of a little creepy when you think about it but he goes well yeah fun fact about it's small the animatronics never shut off the lights and music turn off at night Ooh. the animatronics run 24 7 365 that's, that's my nightmare right that's a little <laughs> creepy can you imagine them just and yeah, if I'm an overnight maintenance guy, I need like yes. extra pay. Right? <laughs> yeah. And like the squeaky, it's a small right. one. Animatronics are just, you know, echoing from the distance. Right. Seriously. And let me tell you something too, because Petra, Petra got some kind of modeling gig where she was doing something for the new Star Wars theme parks they were opening up. So we had to do a photo shoot at Disney like at four in the morning. So they like let us in the park like at three in the morning. And the music and was on, right? Not just that, but just let me tell you something. Walking through a theme park, at three in the morning in pitch night black when everything is empty is pretty much the epitome of any horror movie <laughs> mm -hmm. backdrop scene i mean literally it was one of the freakiest things ever seeing all these chains set up and nobody there yeah right yeah. walking through there it was a very very eerie eerie that's feeling. my dream I would love to oh, do that. It was oh. so weird. It was really so you'll know I've made you'll know I've made it when I rent the Magic Kingdom for a day just for like me and a group of buddies. Yeah. And, and my kids, of course. 
I'm pretty sure we'll know, I'm pretty sure we'll know you've made it before that day. But if you make it, <laughs> if you ever make it, we'll know well before you get to the magic. Kingdom. And to Kevin's point, I've heard that rumor, but there have been some Disney Imagineers that have debunked that that they do not run all night. The music usually does play, but anyway, we'll we'll talk. We'll take that on another time. I'm surprised <laughs> you don't know the fact, Paul. The real story. Well, I think that they do stay they do stay on for maintenance purposes like the guys walk the rides and they and they make they look at what's not working cuz every night there's maintenance on every ride. So they check everything every single night. So there's a night crew of engineers that walk through every single ride every single night to check them. So I would assume yes they're on for that period of time. Wow. All right. Well, Laura, this is really easy. What we're going to do is we're going to play a little snippet of a song. Okay. Seconds, and uh, we're going to see if we can be able to name that jam. Once again, brought to you by Avo Cigars. Let's let's cool. hit it. No. Oh, this song. <laughs> uh, well, we could play it again if you need. I know this song. I know. It's not it sounds, country. It's, I know. It sounds no, familiar, no, no. but. Hit it again. We'll try it one more, more time. I say closing time, but it sounds so familiar. Oh, should I, I, I got should it. I play some guesses from from the audience? You want to see some of the comments? It, is it closing time? Because that that's what came to my mind. No, no. I know that. Uh, we got it's some guys Green saying Day. Green Day. Okay, so I'm in the right band. I just had uh, the they're wrong. saying some closing now. Oh no, I'm not the right band. Right, right. Mm. All right. Well, let's see what the answer is. Are we ready for the reveal? Yeah, let's see. I own that album. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Green Day. I remember right. getting that album. I remember getting that album. I, was, I think it was in junior high. So, uh, sorry, sorry, Laurel, we did not name that jam. But, I understand. You know, I'll for, get the are, next are you, one. Is, is, is that any anywhere near your musical genre at all? Or? Yeah, I mean, Green Day is not something I listen to on the regular, but I'm at least familiar enough with them. Uh, I mean, I hate when people say, like, I have an eclectic music taste, because, I mean, who doesn't? But I, I would say in general, like, I would excel at, like, classic, rock, you know, like 70s rock. Okay. Alex, make a note for next time. There you go. <laughs> while while we we have around before we forget, why don't you explain what you got going on behind you, Alex? The backdrop there. You got a big sure. Message. Actually, Paul, I think you can you can put the graphic up in oh, front of okay. everybody that I have there. So starting today and running until my birthday, actually June thirtieth, we have a special promotion. Um, if you order any Macanudo product, you will receive double reward points. So that's running today through June 30th. Double reward points for any Macanudo products that you purchase. And um, if anybody doesn't know our reward point program, uh, personally, I think it's one of the best out there. It's very simple. Um, for each dollar you spend, you get a point. You rack up 300 points, we send you 15 bucks to spend as you please. Spends like cash. Yeah, that's what I like about it. It's not limited or you can only buy this or that. Literally, like, it, it's it's a 
it's a value you use at checkout, like when you're checking out. So anything, no matter what it is, rare, limited, this or that, you could use it. It's just like money. So you earn it as reward. It's reward money. That's um, great. I like I like that program. So if yeah, you want to check out some Macanudo product, easy way. Rack up double double reward points up. Rack up them reward points. And 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 now's a great time to do it because today through uh today through Monday. through Monday. We have our Memorial Day promotion. You get 20% off our already discounted prices on the web. So not only can you go and save and save extra money, you can get double points for your money. So we got a lot going on this Memorial yes, Day. Yes, and, and uh, nice. I didn't mention, but that Macanudo special requires no code. Just go ahead and purchase product, and it'll automatically generate double reward points for you. Onto your account. Great. Awesome. Cool. It's even better then. So – Getting back to Laurel, Laurel, when, when you got in it, I, you know, I, I, even now, I mean, look, obviously the, the industry has come a long way in the last five, 10 years. And, you know, women are becoming definitely more uh, in the spotlight of our industry. Did you feel that when you first got in, you were like the lone wolf? Was it was it harder for you or did you feel any? Um, I don't know what the right word I'm looking for, but awkwardness for people being like a woman ambassador in a cigar industry not really i mean when i started on the retail side there were two other women working at the shop when i came on so which, you know which is cool because yeah which you know i felt like i wasn't on my own island by the time i left there i was the you know the last one standing um, but you know I never really felt that there was an awkwardness or, you know, a non-acceptance. I mean, occasionally you run across somebody who's just more intrigued than anything. Like, oh, what is a young woman doing as the ambassador of the cigar right. brand? But, you know, I think it sort of helps breed conversation as well. Uh, so, no, I always felt that it was overall pretty accepting. But I will say in, you know, the over 10 years I've been in the industry to watch the shift in just, you know, women rising in the category and becoming more, like you said, in the spotlight, being on social media, you know, being in front facing positions with cigar brands, whether it be, you know, a rep or in marketing or whatever it may be. It's just, it's been really cool to see. So, you know, I'm here for it. I think I do think it's a great thing. I think it's healthy for the industry. I mean, look, they've always been there. They've always been around women have mm -hmm. always far back because I can remember great women in this industry. It's just not as been as prolific or as well talked about or as well known. And it's becoming so, it, it look, I mean, that's kind of life. I don't care what it is. I mean, it's a balance of nature, right? I mean, it, you know, it's uh, the old school clubs of just men or this, or, you know, pretty much yeah. fall wayside over the years. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's good. I think it just, it offers a different perspective. And, you know, women have different, you know, wants for cigars. And, you know, we have different palettes and just, you know, looking for different experiences relating to cigars. So I think it it brings a sort of fresh perspective to an industry that's been, you know, predominantly, you know, one gender for a very long time. Absolutely. And 52% uh, of the population is female. So why not welcome them into this industry as well? Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's... Sorry, go ahead, Ed. No, it's not just on the manufacturer side, but even on the consumer level. Mm -hmm. like, you know, I've been in the industry now 25 years. There's always been women smoking, but it's always like been in the shadows, right? They never felt comfortable yes. to come out and hang out in the lounge and socialize. So it's really been nice to see over the last two decades the the embracing of both genders in this culture. And, you know, if you go to the Great Smoke, you'll see. I mean, it's 
there's really almost just as much women as there are men there at the Great Smoke. I, I agree, especially this year. Especially yeah. this year. There, yeah. there was a, a, a huge female presence at the Great Smoke this year, and it was awesome. I'll remember when we first, I mean, I remember this is now going on 17 years of that event, right? We would often get the question, it would happen a lot, either phone call by email, um, are women allowed? Will women be there? You know, well, I, you know, I want to go with my husband, but I don't want to be like the only woman there. That, that's we would get a lot of that. Yeah. Wow. And then we would explain to them. I said, look, there's companion tickets. It's, it's, it's a fun day for couples, even when the wife, you know, maybe not be into cigars, they'll come to enjoy the day. So yeah, there's a lot of women there. And then when you look at the Great Smoke this past February, I mean, you know, I, I really can't say off the top of my head that it was a dominantly male attendance. Yeah. I mean, it was got to be close to almost half half. Yeah, and well, I'm not talking about, and I'm not talking about half as women coming as companions. These were hardcore cigar aficionado women, you know. Yeah, and I think it is a matter of just being comfortable and feeling included. I mean, you don't want to go and walk into a store on your own somewhere somewhere you don't know and feel intimidated. Like, oh, why are all these people looking at me, or right. why are people questioning what I want to smoke? And you know, occasionally, it doesn't really happen anymore because um, I think I can assert what I want fairly early into the conversation, but it's the assumption, oh, you want something flavored or you want something mild or whatever it may be. Um, right. But I think there's this greater awareness of women growing within the industry and making sure that people are having the right conversations and not putting them into a box. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people who work at a shop will be like, oh, how do you how do you propose I talk to a woman when they walk in the door? Like, like, any, like any other customer, don't treat them differently. Yeah, like, True. hi, well, oh, what can I help you find? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, you, you're, you're, you're very, I mean, for not just female, but you're a young female. And you're very yes. confident, right? I mean, it's kind of a, to be a young female, because, you know, in this culture, in this world coming in, you know, what do you attribute your confidence to? You know, I think. Did you grow up with a lot of brothers, a lot of you know men in the house? No, I'm an only child. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I take it as a high compliment because some of my friends are like, "You are the least only child, only child I've ever met." It takes a certain type of outgoing personality to be able to do yeah. the job you do, and then. To, to be a female and then a young female to boot, um, you really need to have a level, level of conform, being comfortable and confident. Where do you, where do you attribute, attribute that to? I've just, I don't know. I've always been a pretty confident, outgoing person. And I think like the older I get, I don't want to say like the less I care, but I just sort of my mantra is like, if it makes me happy and it brings me joy, like I just don't care what other people think. And, you know, you can say that and you can but you can say that and then you can believe it. And I think it's just, I know that I'm good at what I do. And I know that I'm comfortable talking about the product and that I can answer almost any question that somebody has to ask me. So I think if you're comfortable in your knowledge and comfortable in yourself, you can sort of, you know, exude that confidence. So I've just, I've never had a problem talking to people and just feeling like I really can support what I'm, you know, what I stand behind. Uh -huh. So if that makes sense. And yeah. I think it just it, the industry has always been pretty accepting, and I've never felt like I've I haven't belonged or that people have tried to push me out of it. So I think it just maybe it's just blissful ignorance that I've never had a bad really have had a terrible experience with somebody. So um, we have a question from Question. 
Yeah, yeah I know. He, he mentioned it twice, so let's not miss it. How can someone find uh, a schedule of any of your live events being done? Um, like live events in store. So typically um, we'll have them posted on Cigar World, which is our website. Um, you know, you can find them like on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, if you go to Cigar World and you type in your zip code, it will show what events we are doing in the area. Well, there you have it. Go to Cigar World. Oh, I think Kevin Kevin had a question too. Yeah, I saw it somewhere. Where is it? Ah, there you go. Yep. Um, so. Yes. So we are actually. So we have the Club Macanudo in um, New York, and we're actually opening one. Um, at a casino up in Buffalo. Um, we just opened one um, in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, wow. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. So we had one that we were, we had with the Nick for a while in New York as well. Um, but that was sort of just, that wasn't our own. That was more of like a contract. But yeah, I don't think we're trying to expand at any rate that's going to have Club Macanudos all over the country. But we are opening some like ancillary locations. So hopefully they'll send me to all of them. <laughs> do, do you go to all of them? No, really the only one I do much with is the one in New York. And even so, I'm only there maybe, I don't know, twice a year. So just, we don't do a ton of like proper Macanudo events there. They'll do more like dinners or something else, but they don't really do like former or formal, formal events um, that I would be going there for besides like a Christmas party or something. But yeah, they're fun. If you ever go to Club Macanudo in Manhattan, get their bacon. It's awesome. If you're a bacon lover, they have this slab bacon that they, you know, char and there's like this cayenne maple glaze on it and it's awesome. Ooh. So I always look forward to going there and having the food. Paul's Googling it right now. I, I, I am. I, oh, man. Yeah, you I know what? I know where Club Macanudo is. I'm, I'm from Long Island. I worked in Manhattan for years, but actually I'd never been there before. So now I kind of feel almost left out that I never did that. Yeah, it's great. You can go have a cigar, listen to music, have a drink. And I mean, there's so few places now that you can go have a proper dinner and sit down and really enjoy yourself with a cigar and just take it yeah. and enjoy. Especially Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> they, those yeah. licenses don't exist anymore, basically. Yeah. There he is. Yeah, well, I'm cool. having an allergy attack, so I'm trying to... It's because you're you're back in... Uh, is that what it is? You're back in the Midwest. It, it oh. changes... When, when I go up to New York for the summer, I have like a, a good week or two of bad allergies getting used to the, the environment again. Man, I'm telling you, I've been sneezing. My nose has been running the whole show. I've been going on and off camera trying to... Oof. I didn't have allergies until I moved to Nashville, and I've been uh -huh. very lucky. And then all of a sudden, I started having them. Like, what is happening with my face right now? Why do I feel like this? My husband's yeah. like, well, I think you have allergies. No, I've never had allergies in my life. Well, apparently down here I do. <laughs> Yeah, in Wisconsin, it's it's less of a less of an issue, I guess. Yeah, whatever you know, we they didn't have there that they have here. But Abe, what are you doing in Chicago, by the way? Um, it's our first leg of a trip. We're going to the Middle East, taking the family oh. overseas. Okay, so, so laying over through hair. Yeah, we have family here, so we spent three. We're going to spend three days here with my family and say hi, and then from here we're going to the Middle East. We've gone uh, to Jordan, and uh, we're going to take the kids over to Cairo for a little bit. So it's going to be interesting. Wow. Yeah. How long? Uh, five weeks. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen my family in 21 years, so there's a lot going on. And 
Okay. Got first cousin getting married, and uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff. And while we're there, we want to take her to see some of the sites. We named my oldest daughter Petra. She's never seen the place, so we definitely okay. want to. You know, I didn't name her after Disney, but I named her after one of you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The eight wow. wonders of the world. Eight man-made wonders of the world. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I can't them. wait to see the pictures of her there. What you should do is hire a professional photographer for her, like in front of Petra. Like I think that would be so cool. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have that. A sounds fun. awesome. Yeah, we just gotta get, get get all the drugs. So we could drug all the kids up for the fifteen-hour plane ride. Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a long time. Well, here's what you do. You and Brandy sit up in, in first class. The kids sit in coach. Let Petra take care of them. They'll be fine. You don't yeah. need to worry about them. No, dude. You cannot. You know, <laughs> a, really, a two-hour domestic flight, yeah. Not a you know 20-hour flight. Not How happening. old are your kids? Uh, 14, 12, 10, and 7. And it's the 7 and the 10-year-old that are dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 14 and 12, you know, they can watch a movie, read, whatever, occupy yeah. themselves. But the seven-year-old, yeah, for sure, probably a little Especially, <laughs> especially the, well, you know, because you don't, you know, you don't realize, like, I, I had to explain this simple thing to my son about the seatbelt light, you know, because they've never really thought about it or had dealt with it. Like, the plane's in the middle of taking off, and he starts walking down the aisle to go to the bathroom. Like, Where are you going, dude? No, you got to sit down. Yeah. You can't, go, you can't go to the bathroom during takeoff. You know, he had no idea. He had to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's a he's a kid, little kid. He's never, you know, had to worry about that before. So. Nope. nope. Huh. Oh, man. So we, we got Coop in the wings. Uh, yeah, uh, Coop is here. Coop is here. All right, let's get our man on and see what is going on with the scoop with Coop this week. Oh, man, that was such a good intro, and I'm so not ready with the video. Here ready. we go. What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coopa. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Laurel, how's it going? Oh, well, how are you? Good, good to see you good. again. It's been a while. You're, yes, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. By the way, when I moved to Charlotte from uh, the Northeast, the allergies hit me. As oh, well. did <laughs> so there's, I don't know. It's something down here, but I had the same problem. I feel I feel not alone now. Thank you. Yeah. No. <laughs> it, it, by the way, and, and Paul, happy birthday! Thank you, sir. Did Mickey Mouse wish you a happy birthday? Well, yes, a in, in a short later on. Short story is no, we didn't get to see Mickey yesterday. We missed we missed Mickey, but you can meet the characters again and hug them, and so we'll we'll do that today. All right. I just want to make sure that Mickey's paying you the proper respect there. I had a shirt that my wife made me that said, tell the mouse it's my birthday, just for the extra attention yesterday. Do you hug Mickey? Like, would you actually hug Mickey? No, not now, especially in my in my adult age that I've seen. I, You know, I worked in minor league baseball for 10 years, so I got to meet a lot of mascots, and I see who the people are in the costumes. And I, I mean, I don't want to hug them, and let alone have my children hug them. To be honest, so at least you have the suit barrier, though. That's true. Yeah, there there is that barrier to, to not get too close to them. The but no, I don't hug the characters. What would the odds that you would find a mate that would be a Disney buff? Also, I mean, that you know. Well, my wife is. She's not because like otherwise, I am. Otherwise, that could be pretty awkward, right? You know, when I you would hop, marry them. When you hop in the bed with the Mickey Mouse ears on, and she's looking at you like, "What the fuck." <laughs> 
We don't yeah. hop into bed with the Mickey Mouse ears on. Sometimes, I, you know, these guys. Oh, yeah, look how close he's got. You have one with you. Look at that. My son's crib you... is here, and we're in Disney World. Of course I have. We have a couple. No, of that's movies. yours. That's yours. This, this is son's a, crib. This is actually, right? this is right? actually a puppet. Oh, my God. <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. Wait, Paul, do a little Mickey Mouse. Come yeah, come on. Do it. Oh, boy. Welcome <laughs> to Disney World. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm an amateur KMA. puppeteer on the side as well. Guys, you can't get this anywhere else but on KMAs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Coop, Go ahead, won- Coop. What's in the news? Well, we, All right. we lost you last week to Barn Smoker. Tell us a little bit about it. Um. Yeah, I think Barn Smoker is really becoming uh, like Drew Estate's next uh, generation as far as how they're going to be doing their main marketing. And namely, they have been away from the trade show for a couple of years. And essentially what they've done is now they have they have the farm experience and now they're bringing a Drew, Drew Estate activation station experience. So it's essentially a combination of a mini herf. Not many herf, a herf combined with the farm experience, which is very unique. And what we're seeing now is Drew Estates, they're they're doing their live streams to roll out and announce their products. And then they have these activation stations where you can actually experience the products. And they were very interactive too. And Abe, you saw a little bit of this at the Great Smoke, like when Hoya de Nicaragua had the uh, the dice rolling and they had the Herrera Esteli dart throwing. It, that's kind of along the lines of what those things are. Right. So I think they're, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, and it was, they knocked it out of the park this year. I mean, uh, it was, it was great. Yeah. I heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the bad part is the problem is I should have realized this. I forgot there's no internet there. Right. Cause it's, it's a farm. It's a working farm. So there's it ain't no somewhere I can park and do internet. They live broadcast one year. Cause we yeah. found that out. We learned it. We learned it the hard way. Well, and I learned it like I called and I I called Paul. Like I said, Paul, I got a problem here. There's no Wi-Fi here. I found out from Jeff. So I'm not gonna be able to do this. Uh, Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have. I would have said something a lot earlier to you guys. Would it be that hard to put Wi-Fi in the barn there, though? I don't know how hard it is. I don't know if it's really worth it, you know, because it's not like people there. You know, old. It'd be for one one event a year. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. It would be for one event a year for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on. It was just, like I said, they also rolled, here was another smart thing they did. They rolled out their new, uh, Nika Rustica Adobe cigar, which I thought was a really smart move coinciding that with the barn smoker on top of that. They had the, the new FSG cigar that had been rolled out a few months ago. So again, I'm, I'm seeing this as Drew Estate's model going forward and maybe they're moving a, a little different as far as like a traditional, you'd market through the trade routes, uh, like trade shows and stuff like that. But I think they're going this route now with a lot more consumer engagement. Just to be clear to Kevin Shan, the Cigar Carnival is 2023. <laughs> That's the Cigar yeah. Carnival. I didn't make the VIP party, though, the night before. I am going to be at the VIP party in Kentucky, though, in uh, September. You, okay. did, you, you didn't make it or you were invited? No, I, I was invited. I I, okay. I was, um, long story short, is I was actually on a family vacation in, or- we, we, in Orlando, and we tend to time it around the barn smoker. But, you know, I did have my family down there, and we did not go to Disney, Paul, just so you know. But, you know, I... I was I, so I, disappointed to hear. Well, no one wanted to go either, right? But, <laughs> but you know, I actually really wanted to... I had all four of my kids down there, and, you know, my kids are 21, ages 21 to 30. 
it's rare you can get them all together at that age. So, you know, we wanted to really kind of savor as much of the moments as possible there. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right Coop. What do you have for us this week? Any good news? Uh, the good news, I'll get, uh, we'll start with some good news. Uh, this guy actually comes out of General Cigar, uh, and this was a pretty cool project. Uh, it's uh, under the Punch brand. So I know this isn't Laurel's brand, but uh, Punch has announced a cigar called The People's Champ. It's a cigar. It's gonna, you're going to start seeing it in stores probably in about a week. And what this is, is this is, I guess this was really a crowdsourcing effort where uh, there's a group called the Punch Brotherhood of a bunch of cigar enthusiasts. And they were pretty much commissioned to provide input into making a cigar. Um, so that there's um, that resulted in what is the Punch People's Champ. Uh, the blend itself features a Habano wrapper from Honduras over a Mexican San Andreas binder and fillers from the DR uh, Nicaragua and Brazil. A uh, five by fifty robusto will be the size. So they have General hasn't at least unveiled the packaging to the general public yet, but that's I guess going to be part of the big unveil next week. Is they'll unveil the packaging for this. And uh, it's a limited edition cigar. I think the most interesting thing I take from this, Abe, is, you know, we've seen projects like this before, but not probably at a size of general cigar doing it like this. So um, this is I think it's interesting to have this and I'm looking forward to smoking this. You're muted, Abe. You're muted, Abe. That's the Brotherhood cigar that's in our queue, Alex, right? Yes, yes, we will yeah. have that. All right. I didn't know they. I didn't know they had actually had given it a specific name, but yeah. Um, no, this is an interesting project when I first heard about it. Um, they try to think. You know, it's been so many over the years. They have done projects in the past history where they would send out like two cigars, or they would sell them at the register two cigars, and then as a consumer, you were able to fill out what you thought whether you like number one or number two and then that would be the one they come out with they've kind of done projects like that in the past yeah they did i remember they did one specifically with cao like that um and that was probably about 10 years ago yeah. this one's kind of embracing like punch brotherhood is, a, is an online community so i think this is one of those coming through the a community driven it's not the first community driven cigar but i think it's certainly the, the biggest company to do something like this that i, I could think of I don't know. Is that community run by general? Or is that a consumer-driven community? That I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So our, I, if I can interject, um, Absolutely. Our, social, Absolutely. our social media company who handles our corporate accounts, like, you know, I'm responsible for Macanudo Laurel content, but they do official Macanudo content. So they help run this Punch Brotherhood. Got it. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Yep. What else you got going on, Koopa? Um, I guess in... I don't know if this is good news, but it's not bad news, but I don't think it's good news. Uh, this week, oral arguments were held in the latest uh, attempt by the uh, cigar industry to throw out the deeming rule on, on premium cigars. Um, so this is kind of what this is. This is an injunction to kind of completely throw this out. Now, there have been, there have been injunctions in the past on this, but they would have temporarily kind of stall things. Um, and, you know, because, it's, you know, saying, you know, there's not enough information coming out from the FDA right now. This one's kind of saying, let's throw the whole thing out right now. So there were oral arguments that were held. Um, the judge who's doing this is Judge Meta, who has been on a lot of these cases right now. And he's now going to go back and deliberate this. It was interesting because the trade associations made a lot of statements about what was said in court this week, which I thought was interesting. 
um, I could tell you my read of this is this is going to be a very difficult thing that, that they're going to throw out. I don't think that this is going to be thrown out at all. In my opinion. I don't think it'll get thrown. Either. I don't because it's, this judge is kind of yeah. This judge kind of hasn't been totally F, anti FDA here. So if, if there's anything that's been precedence in the past, why they, why certain things have been you know based on other cases saying hey you can't do this until you fix X Y and Z. Um, but I don't expect the decision to come for this for probably about six months towards the end of the year. So Jesus. don't expect anything yet. Yeah, one day oral arguments, and now it's going to be months before a decision has been made. Wow. Yeah, but what, what what is what is some of their stance or position on why they feel it's warranted to be thrown out completely? Um, they're basically saying that it's arbitrary and capricious. Um, that it fails to demonstrate. Uh, a reasonable good effort to minimize uh, the impact on small business. It's in violation of the Regulatory Flexibility Act, which I'm not really sure what that is. Um, but uh, the, the warning statements, you know, goes back to warning statements, which was thrown out. I understand that where they say it was arbitrary and capricious. But now they're saying all the rules around um, the uh, substantial equivalence and all that, which I know, again, that was kind of going back. But it's not off the table, those things, either. So they want this, like, completely nullified where it's never going to come back up again. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough win. I saw photos of Rocky up there and some other people look like they were, uh, you know, trying to make the case. Yeah, I mean the, uh, you know, I, I, the lawyer they have, the uh, trade association is a very good lawyer, um, and I think if we've had any success, it's a lot due to the lawyer that that we've had, who's done a very good job. So, um, we'll see what happens with that. I, like I said, I'm not expecting this to be nullified. I'd be very surprised if it's nullified. What else you got going on, Coop? Um, the Nestor Miranda Special Selection Connecticut has made a return. Um, so the Nestor Miranda Special Selection Connecticut was introduced about 10 years ago. And then if you remember, they kind of rebranded that whole thing with the Art Deco look. Yes. Well, I mean, the Nestor Miranda Special Selection really hit it when, you know, the My Father people were working on it. Because um, they had the, the, the Dano release. Do you remember the Dano? Yes, the Dano, yes. So it kind of put it on the map, and then it's just been struggling really ever since. And then, yeah. then they, like you said, they rebranded it all into these weird looking um, Art Deco style boxes. Yep. And now they bring, now what they've really done, I think for the most part, that, those, that branding's been going away, and they're going back to the special selection. And they introduced special selection three years ago again. Um, and now they're bringing the Connecticut version back in as well. And the Connecticut version is going back to that old packaging as well. So from what I understand, the blend really hasn't changed in terms of its DNA. So it's the same cigar. But um, I think Miami Cigar, they had a lot of success with the return of the special selection. Uh, it got it got some good accolades. It was a good cigar. So I think now they're, they're going full born and going to move everything back under that line again. The return when it went from the Art Deco packaging back to the more traditional packing packaging is that the return or yeah yeah it's not clear how much of the blend has changed if, if it has changed at all though that's a but the but the components are all the same it's still the same wrapper binder it's still be made to my father still made by father still same wrapper binder filler on it so no and they haven't changed that over the ten years that's remained a constant what else you got Coop? Uh, one last story, and I normally don't talk about Habano stories, uh, but there's a cigar that uh, has been launched. Um, and actually, Abe, this has been launched in the Middle East, this cigar. Uh, it's the Cohiba 55 Anniversario. 
Um, and what they have announced is that this cigar uh, will go on sale in Beirut. Um, and, will, and Abe, if you want to pick a couple of these up, maybe there'll be some in Jordan. <laughs> I don't know. But they will carry a price point of $300. A so, stick. A stick. Yes. Yeah, yeah, hard pack. Hard yeah. pack. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's uh, – I, I was completely shocked how high that – I mean, I knew the Anniversario cigars would probably be between 50 and 100 uh, for Cohiba, but $300 was a big shot. And it's going to be – you know, I guess there's a market for this type of stuff is what I keep going at, back at people. It's not like an everyday smoker is going to pick these up, but it's, it's kind of one of the same folks who would buy, like, a Rolex you, watch or something like that. What, you know what eats me about stuff like this? I'll you don't you. burn a Rolex watch, though. Just yeah, saying. I agree. <laughs> Let me tell you what eats me about stuff like this, because I'm, I'm a total believer in free market, right? There's 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 a part of society and segment that has three hundred dollars they can roll up and burn, right? And it's and it's not even whether or not the cigar is worth three hundred dollars. It's just a statement that hey, I bought a three hundred dollar cigar that I'm smoking and I could burn up. But what really gets me is the guys who get caught up in it and then are buying three hundred dollar cigars that that's not their position in life and they feel like oh I. Getting something special for three. There is nothing special you're getting for three hundred dollars. All right, let me let me put this out there clear for any listeners, and hopefully this will resonate throughout the universe. There's nothing special you're getting for three hundred dollars, other than the fact of saying I'm smoking a three hundred dollar cigar. That's the reality of the universe. I don't hey, care. Hey, what, um, I don't disagree with you. I don't. Live. So. You know, I mean, look, I mean, look, there's all levels of society. And for some people, that's just, hey, I could smoke a yeah. cigar. I could wear a $50,000 watch. It's okay. That's fine. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But then, you know, there's part of this culture that feels like, man, there's something special. Let me get this for a special occasion. No, dude, you're just burning $300. Yeah. Right, right. It's all it's coming down at, to. At least get three, at least get three unicorns for that price. And <laughs> no, Steve will wait. tell you they're not worth the money. Hey, and Steve did a good cigar with that unicorn, but I'll be the first one to tell you it's not worth a hundred dollars. Right. It's a, it's one of his best cigars, but it's not I it's not worth a hundred, in my opinion. You're not gonna miss out either on anything with that. So interesting. Well, if I do come across any, I'll take some pictures for you, Cooper. Yeah, doubt. definitely, definitely we'll put you on a correspondent duty, uh, yeah. as far as that goes. I doubt I doubt I'll be purchasing or acquiring any. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anything uh, else going on, Coop? Oh, uh, that's it for this week. All right. Well, uh, please keep up to up to date with all the awesome news and information at cigar-coop.com. Always rumor and teaser free. Thank you. I, I got to tell Laurel, I'm smoking a seven-year-old Macanudo 1968. Yeah. This, this is the old packaging, even. Yes, Ooh. I love it. This is. This is a fantastic seven years of age, and this is still fantastic. This cigar, yeah, I think you know, seven years of age on it is just the right amount. You know, honestly, aging any cigar for too long can subdue yeah. it a little bit too much, but I love that cigar. I've only smoked it the most with like four years of age on it. I can't no, wait that long. <laughs> no, I know this, this is this is I, I, and this is a cigar that when it was introduced, this is probably 2010. 2009 10 i mean i i really got hooked on this cigar okay um and i've i've constantly smoked it since so it's um i even you know i, I still buy the new pack but i put i always put some cigars away to see what happens when they age yeah and this is performing really well yeah i've said it before i'll say it now the 68 is the unsung hero of the macanoodle line 
Yeah, it was it was Inspirado before Inspirado came. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. exactly. It, it's funny. I, I Dan Thompson made a comment. Our, our dear friends Moore and McAlf. I don't know if I'm missing a reference or it's just a funny oddball statement. But he wrote, "I'll buy a baby miniature giraffe for three hundred dollars." Was that? Is that the going rate of? I don't know. That's why I don't know if I'm missing a reference or maybe our baby giraffes, you know, miniature. Are, are there b miniature baby giraffes or? Probably yeah, other, right. other ridiculous things you can spend $300 on. Yeah, I guess that's what he said. He had to hunt down. Like, it wasn't he was telling us he was hunting down a piece somewhere, artistic piece or something, but I can't remember the story. But I don't know if I'm missing a reference. It just started, <laughs> you know, $300. I mean, look. It takes a certain type of salesman to sit there and talk to consumers with a straight face and convince them that there's something special about this $300 stick. You know, there's, there's a certain line of legitimacy that I just can't cross, right? You got to stay true and you just can't be full of shit. Like, you know, we've even talked, which I, look, on a business sense, it makes sense. I think Alex bought to me one time um, the ability to add, uh, what do you call it? Um, no, I got. I see my nose running. Uh, uh, the the pay as you go. Yeah, like a firm and that type. Oh, it's called yeah. a firm, right? To, yeah. to, and I just refuse to do it because if you have to pay for your cigars in monthly payments, you shouldn't be buying them. <laughs> right, right, right. I feel like I'm stealing from society. Yes. Like the worst position I could do to these people is to give them an option. That, hey, you can't afford to buy these cigars right now, but for like five dollars a month for the next 62 months at 20% interest, you can have <laughs> that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So all right, um, we got a we got a new tale of the tape, boys. Yep. What week oh, are we on now? I don't have my eye on. We are right. down to the top three. Wow, top three. So number three, tale of tape, season four. Let's run it. All right, here we go. Top three, tail of the tape, greatest mascots. And now usually in our list, this tends to be the point where me and Coop kind of start out here and, and then we kind of intertwine. And uh, so coming in at number three for me is Mr. Met of the New York Mets. And I must say this, um, to hell with Mr. Met, to hell with the New York Mets. As an avid Phillies fan, I am, I am no fan. I think he's a stupid character with a stupid baseball head. But he gets on my list for one reason only, and it's an important reason. Mr. Met is actually the first live-action mascot in sports. So I have to give credit where credit is due for being the trailblazer. Mr. Met gets number three on my list. Yeah, that's a good one. And by the way, Alex, my pick also is Mr. Met. And, you know, I grew up in New York, and New York's not a mascot town like like Philadelphia is. I mean, Philadelphia is one of the greatest mascot towns. But the one mascot that has always stood out is, is Mr. Met. And when the Mets were awful, and there's been a lot of awful Mets seasons, Mr. Met was like your one bright spot you can always count on to entertain you, uh, make make you feel good. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's taken on person. He's been on, like, he's made, I saw him recently on a TV show when they remade The Odd Couple. He was in an episode. So, I mean, he's, I think he's one of these mascots that has become larger than life, uh, per se. 
Um, now I've heard that Mr. Re it was based off Mr. Red, but I'm not sure Mr. Red was actually a live action mascot. I think right. That's I saw that yeah. too. That Mr. Red may have kind of been the but Mr. Matt apparently is the first real live action yeah. around in the park mascot. So credit yep. to Mr. Yep. Matt. And by the way, Mr. Met has a uh, Miss. I think there's a Mrs. Met out there yes, as well. Yes, so yes, I mean, yes. yeah. So, so yeah, Mr. Met. I think this was an easy one for both of us on this one. Our top three is the same. I'm, I'm yeah. calling it. I don't know. I, I'm not a little quick. Two is going to be interesting. I'm just curious where you go with two, but yeah. If you, I hope that you don't commit heresy with number two, Coop. I, think I don't think I will. Page. I don't think I will. I'm, I, gonna, I'm, I'm trusting Coop. that we will be on the same page. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know with Coop. You never know. <laughs> no, I'm I, I this one I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that we're going the same direction. There's just no way Coop can stray from number one. Um okay. have you guys discussed any topics for season five? We haven't yet, but you know and I'm gonna put it out there in case anybody has good ideas. I'd really like to do a a worst something. Oh change uh, yeah, okay. Think, you, you'd, I, be really, good, you'd be good at the worst of something. Yeah. I know because I'm a miserable very, very cynical. Anyway, so, At least you know? he knows it, yeah. Um, well, hey, Paul, or why don't somebody make a post today? Uh, suggestions for Taylor C Tape Season 5, the worst. Yeah, one. I like a worst one. Okay. Yeah, I think it would be good. Make a post today and see see what kind of suggestions we get. Maybe we'll pick a fan favorite. If we pick... If we pick... I'm your, not wrong, Kevin. If you're the... <laughs> if you... <laughs> Alex having a side talk with himself. If I'm you, outside talk with Kevin Shahan, of course. If you're the first to suggest a topic and we use it, KMA will send you something special in the mail. Um, Very so cool. somebody will make that post today. And uh, we got two more weeks of uh, season four. And then we'll be out yep. of season five. All right, Laurel, this is a segment right now we call Would You Rather. Basically, okay. we're going to ask. brought to you by Gurkha Cigars, our good friend Juan Lopez. Uh, we're going to ask you a couple questions. Alex is going to ask a couple questions because I don't have them this week. I'm traveling. And we're going to see uh, which way you'd rather. And our fun segment brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. All right. Here we go. I have three questions to ask. Let's start with number one. Would you rather only be able to whisper or only be able to shout? Whisper. Whisper. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll ever be heard then? That would be my um, question. I want people to yeah, hear. So you, have a, you have a talking job too. Well, so I think part of the rationale for picking that one is I lose my voice all the time, like almost on a weekly basis. And so I actually have to have whisper conversations a lot. <laughs> so you already have some, some experience. I already have it. some familiarity with it. And I think the shouting would just get annoying. I think people would be more inclined to like sit and listen to me whisper as opposed to listen to me just shout at them. I actually, if you're always speaking in a whisper, they may like lean forward to hear you and pay closer yeah. attention. To Feels you. like a very intimate conversation. I, I like, hey, easily select shouting because I think that's the one that's near, <laughs> it's the nearest to my natural speaking tone. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. kind of my baseline anyway. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's not too hard for me. All right, question number two. Would you rather be the clown that distracts the bull or the bull rider? Ooh. It's a rodeo question. Mm, bull rider. I'd you know what? If you're going to put yourself at risk, you might as well have fun doing it. <laughs> you may as well be the star. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you something, man. Rodeo clowns are some serious stars, bro. Have you seen some of those guys in their feet? You got highlight footage of rodeo clowns. Regardless of the situation, I don't think I could put myself in the position of being the clown because I hate clowns. So oh, there you go. I think there automatically you go. just you have to be the right. All right, here we go. Question number three. And I, I still can't pick. I can't make a pick on this one. Would you rather be without elbows or without <laughs> knees? I can't come to so I, I like I just have straight yes. appendages. Yes, or, yes, okay? yes. Or it's it's just like a half hand. Or no, you're, you're straight. You're right. you're straight, and you're you're straight legs. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is a tough one. Ooh, that would be really annoying both ways. Um, I, I gotta go with the knees. Yeah, I I would be so less not affected by the knees. I mean, I'm sure there'd be some things that would suck, but you could still like lay walking, down. And, for instance, but could you, like, but could you, you can walk without you, knees. You no, just gotta, but you. But can you sit if you don't have knees to bend them? Right. Yeah, you, you can sit you with your legs with straight out. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm. You're never flying again. Yeah. Flying is out. Probably I think the first first I row. First row. I think I rely. I would say I would have to go. I would rather have my knees. Okay, so let me just straighten this out. If your arms are like this, how do you eat? No, they're not. They don't have to be like this, but they can be straight. Okay, how do you eat? Yeah, you can't bend your elbow. You, you have to bend out. Yeah. Marissa would be feeding you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, that's true. You could do that. Yeah. No, you can get one of those extendable forks. You know that they have to steal other people, and you just like. I don't you know. know. Oh, I don't know if you can get the bend though. I don't know. You're just gonna have to face it. You know, just dive in. Yeah, I don't know, man. Alex, Alex, with the prison reference. <laughs> the yeah, you just gotta dig it in. You couldn't. How do you wipe your ass? I mean, yeah, you, mm. Bidets. Ah, bidets. Come on. Well, that's you still gotta control the bidet though. You gotta bend your arm to get to the little knob there. Ah, I feel like it's you the, can go straight. I don't, you know. Brush your teeth. You can't brush your teeth, dude. The, knees Overrated. all the way. Have the dude, without knees. Yeah, I'm gonna have to stick. With, I'm gonna go straight arms. I'm just gonna walk around like this the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, you'll hard. get people's attention at least, especially exactly. since you'll be whispering. <laughs> you'll be whispering. So. <laughs> hey, listen. You'll be a natural at the third grade park. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, wow. Would well, you rather brought to you by Gurkha? Brought to you by fine folks at Gurkha. Laurel, anything coming up that you want to share with our fans and your fans? Yeah, we've got uh, a couple new fun limited releases coming out. We have the um, Macanudo Hamao, which is going to be um, a Hamastron seed grown in the Mao region. So you get a little bit of the characteristics of Honduras and uh, the Dominican Republic. So nice medium bodied limited release cigar so that'll be out soon <laughs> we have a really cool collaboration coming up at the end of the summer it's with um a boutique winery out of napa 
Flint Knoll. Oh. Uh, so we're actually aging the tobacco in Cabernet barrels. So you get a little bit of like the, the essence of that cab and, you know, the sweetness and some of the cedar notes. Very cool. Really excited about that. Napa. We love Napa. Oh, I haven't been yet. I have a couple of dinners coming up in July and I'm super pumped. Yeah, I was there last year. Are they gonna so do I haven't done any of the wineries yet there. I'm sorry, uh, what? No, are they gonna do any events in Napa when that cigar comes out? I hope they um, do. I think so, yeah. So the uh the owner of the uh winery, Aaron Michaelis, uh we're trying to work with him to come up with some event platforms that we can do for just him and maybe like a collab where you know the two of us go out and do like a wine and cigar pairing. So excited about that. As a wine person, that speaks to me personally. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, KMA KMA live remote from Napa. Perfect. Yes, yes. I was down at our factory in December. And uh, I was able to smell some of the barrels that we were doing the, the the Cabernet tobacco aging in, and they smelled amazing. So, Paul, you just make sure you let us know what week you're in Disney. We'll definitely schedule that. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> what, yes. You can deny my sommelier wife a trip to Napa. No, I would take Steph in a heartbeat. <laughs> it will take right, her. We'll leave you back. You can watch the kids. Somebody's yeah. got to watch the kids and cook and clean. <laughs> yes. So maybe next lot, you know, next show we'll just all get together in Napa and have some wine, have some uh, cigars, and yeah. All right. Well, great. Thank, thank you for coming on, Laurel. It was a pleasure to have you. Love KMA first. Coop, good to have you back this thank week. You. I will be um, on the road now overseas uh, for the next five weeks. So I will try to buzz in when we can. Of course, it'll be two in the morning when we go live and um, we're spending some nights like in remote desert, so I don't know if I'll have Wi-Fi access. But that might will. be difficult, yeah. But we are going to have a special postcard segment that we're working on to keep everybody up to tune and what's going on. And next week, we got Jonathan Carney. It's been a while. Yeah. LaFleur Dominicano. Uh, also a very, very big Disney guy. Just throwing it out there. But he's not. Really? But I think he brings a different perspective to his love of Disney, is what I'll just say. Well, we'll not, have we oh, yeah, he's not overboard with it. <laughs> we'll have to discuss that next week. Everyone, thank you for joining us again once again on your Saturday morning. Best way to start your Saturdays. We hope you had a little fun. And until next weekend, everybody have a safe and happy Memorial Day. Light one up Monday. Remember, guys, light one up Monday, please. In remembrance of all our brothers and sisters who made the ultimate sacrifice to the freedoms that we enjoy every day. Until then, keep it lit.